Apple presents events at the Apple Store. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this morning's guests, William Joyce and Brandon Oldenburg, creators from Moonbot Studios. Thank you. We're delighted to be here in this Good beautiful morning. new store. Um, and we're kind of... Here we are. I'm William Joyce. That's Brandon Oldenburg. Nice to meet everybody. Thanks for coming out. And so we should just... We started our company three years ago? Yes, three years ago. And we didn't have any money. And I mean, literally. And um, so there were one, two, three of us. And well, there was kind of two, well, anyway, there was in between three and five people. And when we started, it kind of fluctuated. And, um, but we worked in animation and books for a long time. And I'd started in animation on Toy Story back when they first got started and knocked around at most of the studios and produced a couple of animated films and done a television show called Rolly Polioli that I really had fun with and um, on the Disney Channel and done children's books for a long time. But we'd been doing this within the big corporations for a long time and we're kind of like, we want to do it smaller and cheaper and leaner and freer with less sort of studio interfer interference. So let's start our own studio and see how grassroots we can be with this. So wait, go back to our, we, we designed our logo and since we had no money on a napkin at, um, at a bar. So there's the, the that's actually a, a really nice Merlot stain on the, um, it was the, one of the last things we spent money on was that nice glass of Merlot. So that became our logo and then We've cleaned it up a bit. I do some of my best work on, on napkins, and um, so. Or notebook paper. Yep. Um, for our first story, for our company, we decided we would do a short film to show that we could do computer animation or animation in Louisiana. That's where we wanted to have our company. I'm from Louisiana. Brandon is from Dallas, and but his parents were from Louisiana. And I mean, it's like if you say you want to do animated films, and you say you're going to do them in Louisiana, like no one will take you seriously until you actually do that. So we raised as much money as we could to do a seven-minute short film uh, based on a story that I'd written some, some years earlier called The Fantastic Flying Books of Mr. Morris Lesmore. Uh, I'd written it about my mentor in publishing, a fellow named Bill Morris, who had been at Harper Row, well, Harper Collins, since they were called Harper Brothers. He'd been there for 50 years, and he was, he was dying and I was flying up to see him, and, and I wrote this little story on the plane ride um, as a sort of tribute to him and sort of dealing with why and how lousy I was feeling about his illness. And, but I wanted to make it into a book and began to work on it as a book. But as often happens with these things, I sort of laid it aside for a while. But I always liked the story, and Brandon liked the story, and we'd even tried to make it into a short film a few years earlier, but we ran out of money. And so we chose this story, which here's one of the sketches on the piece of notebook paper that I did on the airplane on my way to see Bill Morris. The state of Louisiana <clears throat> proposed several times the idea of starting a studio in Bill's hometown of Shreveport. And all of a sudden, it started to sound like it actually could happen. There were a few other things that happened along the way over these years that we've known each other, and, and one of which was a storm, Katrina. And it sort of washed 
a lot of the film production up to Shreveport. And there was a th there's a third partner who's not able to be here today, and his name's Lampton Enox. He's been a, an influential force working with the state to create these tax incentives. And this opportunity arose. How about you guys start a studio? But um, I was in Dallas with another studio, and Bill's in Shreveport, and it seemed like it, it was actually gonna, it's like legitimate, it could really happen. So in 2009, that's where we basically changed our direction and started the studio and dove headfirst into trying to turn our first project, which was Morris, into a short film, even though it was supposed to be a book. Yep. And it was a book. It just didn't finish it. N not out yet. Yeah, yeah, which it is now. Yes. Yeah, there, there here it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's some artwork here. And to get a little bit more specific as it relates to the creation of the short film, Morris Lessmore, we dove headfirst into creating these storyboards, sort of key moments that we were all picturing in our heads for this story. Well, and we used, like, we wanted this guy, the main character, Morris Lesmore, who loves books. We wanted someone very unflappable because he gets tossed through very, very, a lot of, you know, extreme conditions. So we started looking at Buster Keaton early on because he was, no matter what was going on, you know, buildings were flying away, if locomotives were hitting head on, and all kinds of things. That, that Keaton would stand perfectly still and, and be nonplussed. So we studied Keaton you know, relentlessly for months and began to draw him and, and watch him, his films frame by frame and sort of completely become obsessed with how he moved and why his comedy was so, I don't know, timeless. So our artists began to, to really become Keaton in a way uh, over the course of it. So he started hiring more people. You know, he went from four to about 12. And here's Morris, the, the computer model. Um, he doesn't look exactly like Keaton. We didn't want to do a total like zombie, you know, grave robbing thing. And uh, at the time when we created this model, we had grown our studio to six employees. And it wasn't about just creating a short film, it was about creating a studio. So as we moved through production, we were actually literally building the facility that we were going to work in. And when our animators first showed <laughs> up, we didn't have computers for everybody, and the few computers we had were being used to make the models, for example, like the books, or rigging them to make them flap like birds. And then the rest of the animators were thinking about how to bring one of our characters, Humpty Dumpty, to life. And fortunately for us, it was just 2D animation, and so we handed them paper and pencils, because that's all we really had for them to work with <laughs> at the, the time. money for paper and pencils, yeah. Yeah. And do you have Humpty in the? Not yet, yeah. but yeah. you'll see him. So we're going along, and then we ran out of money. And we had seven minutes. We had enough money for seven minutes, but the short timed out at 14 minutes. And we're like, OK, <laughs> what are you going to do? So we, uh, we mortgaged our houses and did a lot of hocus pocus with credit cards and things and looked for an investor while we continued production and kept. This was pieces from the color script and um, there's Humpty down there in the bottom right since Humpty exists inside a book it seemed like we could do him traditionally animated in 2d on paper so it worked out well that we didn't have the money for computers yet yeah. and um, another frugal sort of thing 
was the fact that we didn't want to do everything in the computer, and we wanted to actually build things with our hands. And there's a community of filmmakers and prop builders and set builders, you know, grips, lighting guys, all up in Shreveport now. And we wanted to be able to take advantage of the live action community. And so with our small crew at the time, we dove into creating all the backgrounds for our film. Here's three blocks of the French Quarter. So we built miniatures instead of building it in the computer. We wanted to build miniatures. And it became, I don't know, it was something very tactile about it that made it feel more alive to us. Yeah, you can see us at the end there wearing the building. The last day of shooting, we were a little tired, <laughs> delirious. But it, the computer does everything so perfectly, and you can spend lots and lots of time trying to make it look like their flaws. So we're like, why don't we just make flaws to begin with? And you know, maybe that'll save time. We don't know. But we had the best time doing it. And I mean, to us, all this new technology is about uh, there shouldn't be a set of rules on how to use it. And so we, we found that we were looking back to old school stuff so much, Keaton and silent films, since the film was a silent, that, um, that why not embrace older technology and merge it with new technology? And we had a ball doing it. And here's a perfect example of that. Here we have the uh, iPhone. We were using it on set to help help us with our compositions. We were able to take this thing that I guess is normally used to make phone calls with and, <laughs> and actually use it in production. It became a very useful tool. And we were saying to ourselves while we were using them, if only they were a little bit bigger. Yeah. I mean, we had our whole, like, we had all our storyboards and all our shots on our, on our iPhones in this program we kind of rigged together. And so we could set up our shots. We had five film crews doing, shooting at the same time. We're just shooting like crazy. And because, uh, you know, time is money. And, um, but it, it helped so much to have it right there on the phone that we could set up our shot and figure out the composition and know exactly how many frames we needed. We never could have accomplished it without this jerry rig technology that we came up that we're using on our phones. So, Bill, and this literally, is literally, we really were like, this, these need to be bigger. And then they announced the iPad when we were halfway through production and we're like all right you know? <laughs> so as you see the drawing and then how it's translated in the form of a miniature we were constantly referring to the sketches because we wanted it to evoke that as much as possible so we were arranging our little couch and our little tables and chairs we had to build we had to make 5,000 miniature books and mixed in with other things that so you see the animated books that are alive are being comped in and then going through a final lighting pass to a finished shot like this. But at this moment, when the iPad was announced, yes, our beloved <laughs> silverback phone. <laughs> I mean, and we looked at the possibilities of what the iPad could do, and we were like, both of us were like, this is what we've been waiting for. I mean, it was like the, the monolithic moment, the monolith moment in 2001. <laughs> it was like, oh, yes. And we're like, we have to make a, a story app with this. I mean, we could see that people were trying things like that, but we're like, we have all these assets from the short that we're using right now. We have the template from the book that we haven't finished yet. We can merge those two together to make a story app, and, and, and you know, let's just go for it. And everybody, our agent, everybody were like, no, 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 let's do the book first. You guys are doing it all wrong. I mean, you shouldn't even be doing the short film. You should finish the book and then do the short film, and then I don't even know what an app is, but do that <laughs> later. And we're like, no, we got to do this now. <laughs> so, so at the time... Here's, here's our crew. We've tripled this size now uh, over the three years, but this was the startup crew that helped bring Morris to life. 
Now, we, we were housed in a, in a bioweapons place, and they had some extra space. So there are all these scientists in lab coats. So we had our own lab coats made that have our logo <laughs> on them. And, uh, and, the, and the, the biologists took great offense. They thought we were making fun of them, and, um, and which we actually were. So. so we were able to scrounge up some more money through an investor. And, and the question was asked, why are you making a short film? And we, we explained this idea that it's a calling card and that we hope to potentially maybe, if we're fortunate enough, to get into a, a uh, you know, nomination for an Oscar. But it's, that was absurd. That was like, yeah. it was like saying we're going to build a rocket ship and get to the moon on our first try. Yep. With, so there's the with odds. pixie sticks, you know. So the odds when we began this sojourn on, on the Oscar, you know, journey, there are 5,000 short films that are released worldwide that, that can qualify for the short film Oscar. So when we began this, we entered our first festivals to qualify. Our odds were 5,000 to one. We finished the short. We finished the app one week later. Um, we were, we didn't get into the, any of the first um, um, film festivals that we applied to. We were getting kind of like bummed out and scared. And we finished the app and we're like, one of the amazing things about this new world is like, you do this thing and you're done with it and you don't have to go through a bunch of marketing people or anything. You just go, okay, and you push a button and your product is out there. So we pushed the button and out into the world went our Morris Lessmore app. And we, we had, you know, okay sales for a little while, but then about a year ago, this past July, all of a sudden, it's as if everything exploded and literally it almost did. Our, our server caught on um, fire. Basically, the, it, it th like our IT guy was running in. He's like, what's wrong? He thought something was on fire, but it, things were crashing because of all the hits. And it was because of, I, I can't control volume on this. But those of you who haven't seen the trailer for our short turned into an app. Here it is. Thank you. Um, wait. For months, nothing happened. I mean, literally, we're just like, we weren't going to accept anything, and sales were minimal. And then in that one day, we had like 2 million hits on our whatever the hell. And within a week, we were the number one selling app in the world, and um, beating out Angry Birds for <laughs> about 24 hours. But still, nonetheless, but still, it was kind of cool. And it was the first book app and maybe I think the only book app to do so, and uh, it's always been game apps that have been number one. But so then the London Times printed this <laughs> amazing thing, which we have at work. Most of us have memorized this. Tattooed um, on our backs. Yeah, 
Brandon, would you read it? Because I, I feel uh, too bashful to. <laughs> it, okay, it's just really bizarre. <laughs> it is not inconceivable that at some point in the future, a short children's story called The Fantastic Flying Books of Mr. Morse Lessmore will be regarded as one of the most influential titles of the early 21st century. So we went from being broke and terrified to, to feeling a little better now. With giant egos. We felt very yeah. studly. <laughs> and, and James Bondian, and that was really fun. And, and then, then and just, then, you know, this happened. The getting app of the year in Apps Magazine was was amazing. And then people said, "Wow, they made a short film based on the app." <laughs> yes, so they didn't even get it right. Like the, the the short was getting totally eclipsed. And but then we started winning uh, film festivals, and that meant we qualified for the Academy Award. And so there, we were one of 250 films that were now in qualification. And then <laughs> primates started to like our app as well. On our Facebook page one day, we saw this note from a gentleman who worked at a zoo, and he said, Mahalo really loves Morris. <laughs> and I said, you have to send photos. And sure enough, there was. And then all these like other, ABC. it became its own story on yeah. NBC and yeah. Kotaku and wherever else. They liked it much better than Dora the Explorer, evidently. <laughs> so, not to, we needed to do more stuff, so we started a second app. All um, right, so we were like, we're going to have a sophomore slump here. This yeah. is, everything's going too well. So let's just get, over, get it over with as quickly as possible. So the holidays were coming up, and somebody at Apple asked us, what are you guys doing for the holidays? And we thought... Hanging out with family. Yeah, you know, you know around the and fire. And they were like, no, like... What product are you gonna? You guys are really bad at retail. We're like, oh, yeah, we hadn't yeah. done this thing before, so we thought, well, let's look at the shelf of other <laughs> stories yet to be told, and you know, I had this story called the Numberlies about this civilization of people that didn't have letters yet; they only had numbers, and it's sort of a remake. We thought this will be perfect. This will be a remake of Metropolis, but for kids, it's the most ridiculous thing we could come up with <laughs> for kids, and, you know. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, we put it together in kind of record time. Four and, months. Yeah. And, and we're now in production on the short film. So an app first and then a short. And but then the book will come out. Yeah, and then the know. book. So we, we won the uh, Webby Awards with this short. <laughs> yeah. Or sorry, app. app. And we were up against some really cool competition like The Onion and HBO Go and PBS. So it's and our own other app, Morris Lessmore. Yeah, we competed <laughs> against ourselves. And then so we beat ourselves. That was really cool. <laughs> but here they are, the number Lees. They are, of course, number-ish. One, two, three, four, and five. Do we have like, sh like footage from it? Yeah, here's a trailer for number Lees. So when we created this, we were kind of visualizing in our heads what we would hope to have happen once it was in the hands of somebody outside of our studio. And one of our programmers over the holidays filmed this. 
did it, man. They tear up. They tear up numbers until they turn into letters. <laughs> you, I don't know. It's like a little kid gets really stoked because he made a B, you know. And so, Numberleys did really well, and then they they start weeding down the the possibilities for the Academy Award at this point, and they have what they call the short list, and so that's we're sitting around worrying about that because we knew what day they would announce it, and. We made the short list, so now we were, we've gone from odds of 5,000 to 1 to 10 to 1. Um, there would be one more round of, of, of cutting that we'd go down to the five nominees, and we were hoping to make that. In the meantime, our first book came out, uh, The Man of the Moon, which is a project we've been working on for years. And this being our first book, it's also going to be a movie at DreamWorks uh, on opening the... Um, November 21st of this year. It's called Rise of the Guardians. And it's about all the mythic, you know, icons of childhood. The Man on the Moon, Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, Sandman, Jack Frost. Um, are titanic, heroic characters and who fight this never-ending epic battle against the boogeyman who wants to steal all the good dreams of children and give them only nightmares and turn the world into a dark and nightmarish place. So our first book came out. <laughs> and then this is the morning that we find out that we, whether we were going to be nominated or not for the Academy Award short film. So here we're all together. It's 7 o'clock in the morning uh, when they're doing the nominations. We're, everybody in the studio is there. We're having this little cookout, and we're just desperately excited. The whole town is cheering for us in our small town of Shreveport, Louisiana. And so here we are waiting to see if, if we're nominated or not. So we were kind of excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, for all of our employees, we're all we all love film. We all love stories, and it, for us, it was like as if you know we had ever since the age of five we had played in t-ball, worked our way up through minor leagues, and got into the major leagues, got to the World Series, and then you know got a home run. That's yeah, what it feels something. like. Is get, we're getting close. Yeah. We're getting close. But there was this one issue. If we were going to make it, and now into the top five. We were up against um, some pretty stiff competition. This little studio. You may that, have heard of them. That we'd worked at for a while. It was, they were, had a film nominated, so it was us, kind of. And um, we were like, you know, we already have won. We're, you know, we're good. We're, this is fine. <laughs> I mean, that, that moment just to get in the top five, you know, yeah, everybody being says nominated, that. They yeah, say yeah, that's, yeah. The, you know, that, that's a, a win. And we felt, yes, you know. Yeah. But then you keep kind of going, it would be really nice to totally win too and so but we felt about this big yep <laughs> and so. we even worked with the same guys at pixar that we were up against we knew them well and the other three movies were exquisite mm -hmm. as well so it was like we couldn't take anything at all for granted and for the, so for the next two months it, it's just like our stomachs got tighter and just knotted up and just terror, just the constant level of increasing anxiety. Yeah, yeah. That, that morning that we all freaked out because we saw that we were on the top five, I received a phone call and it was from a reporter saying, well, who are you going to wear? Who are, you, who are we going to Who are wear? we wearing? And, we're, <laughs> and I'm from Fort Worth, so I was like, I don't know of any designers uh, really. I mean, all I know is like Dickies. You know, they make work clothes over in Fort Worth. Yeah. And then Dickie saw clothes. this. <laughs> Within a few hours, they called me and said, we would love to outfit you guys. And, and I said, well, if you're serious, you know, 
I think you're supposed to wear tuxedos to this thing, so I don't, you can't wear coveralls or... But we would love to have the interior of our tuxedos with this, the high visibility material that you normally the see. The danger on the, stuff, like, you know? Yeah. And so they, they made these for us. They sent this guy in whose Prince is, like, you know, formally known as, unpronounceable symbol Prince, Prince's tailor to come in and, and make our, our tuxedos. <laughs> so we got a lot of mileage on the, on the, on the red carpet with our, our, our uh, Dickies fashion statement. So, well, well okay. here we are. But, so we're sitting there, and you know, you're sitting with your five fellow nominees, and you know, it's pretty grand. I mean, you go in, and it's just, man, this is the Oscars. And you know, we're talking to everybody. And one thing we decided, like, we're going to have fun with this. I mean, this is so tense that we got to, like, at least enjoy it. And God knows we'll ever get back. Mm-hmm. And so we snuck in flasks of vodka and, and our Dickies tuxedos. And we were just, we ran up to everybody and introduced ourselves and said hi to Martin Scorsese and talked to George Clooney and, you know, some of our heroes. I mean, there's Thelma Schoonover, who had who'd been the world's greatest film editor. I mean, all these amazing people. And so but you're sitting there, and that show goes on forever, and you're just, and our, and our category was late in the evening, and we're just like, God. Ah. And a friend of mine who had won several years before said, before your category is announced, about 10 minutes before, your brain starts doing really weird stuff. And I can't explain it, but it's just not like anything you've experienced. So... We just sat there, and, I, and then all of a sudden, like I knew what he meant. Like when they when they came up and started talking our our category, my, my I couldn't hear anything anymore. I mean, it was like somebody turned the volume off, and I just zoned out. I think that was like, the vodka. Yeah, <laughs> 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 no, wasn't enough. And and then I, and and the guy who directed the short, the Pixar short, was sitting right in front of me, and I was like, all I could look at was the back of his head, and I'm like, if he stands up, then I know that we lost. And then. You sat there, and it gets so quiet in that theater of 4,000 people every time they announce things. You can hear the envelope tear open, so I actually was hearing things again. And then out came, you know, the first few syllables of the, the winner is... <laughs> There's a big jump in sales for the app the next day. That was, it was very satisfying. <laughs> And then we're trying to finish the book. And we're still working on the book. Like, we're working on the book in the hotel room while this is going, while we're there for the Oscars. So then we get home. And like I said, we're from this small town. And they had their first ticker tape parade, which is difficult to do when most buildings are only three stories tall. And well, actually, it was the second one. The they second had one. one. Yeah, well, it was the first one since VJ Day VJ, in, yeah. in 1945, since the end of World War II. <laughs> so... You know, here's, and when we when we recruit employees nowadays, they say, "Why Shreveport? We don't get it." And then, if we're giving a talk like this, we push play on this clip. So, it the whole town came out, and for weeks it was. It still happens. You know, people come up and go, "We know you get tired of hearing this." We're like, "No, we will never, <laughs> ever get tired of hearing." Congratulations for that, because it was. Totally like a Frank Capra movie. That whole day, the parade. At the end of the parade, you know, I don't know, 10,000 people were there singing for He's a Jolly Good Fellow to us. And, and, then, and then they actually said hip, hip, hooray. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just so, I don't know, 
Small town, perfect, touching, wonderful. But now the book's out. It's actually already out. This yes. is text from the... Just so you guys know, this is the same <laughs> keynote we used at the developer conference uh, a few weeks back. At Apple and, yeah. you know, on the Steve stage. So, <laughs> and, um, so we're, you, we're giving this to you guys. We want you guys to be able to hear it because they wouldn't then, let anybody we couldn't see it broadcast except, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just the 2,000 people that were there. But so it's been in bookstores. It's been eh, the number one best-selling children's book in America for the last month since it came out. And now we have a new app that goes with it using an interesting technology. That Here we go. So Imaginatron is a companion app that we plan to use with every book that we create from now on. We have this imprint with Simon & Schuster. And the first book is Morris Lessmore. But if you get this companion app, you turn it on, you activate. Well, anyway, there's an instructional video. And we'll just play that, and you can see how it works. We wanted to combine the book, the world of books and apps and make them work for each other, not against each other. Congratulations! You're the proud new owner of Moonbot Studios' Imaginotron app. Now with Storioscope. Are you ready? Here's how it works. Okay, let's begin. First, make sure the pages are always nice and flat. Good! It's important to have a well-lit room. Whoa, that's too bright. Ah, much better. Now make sure to avoid those nasty glares. Nice. Once you've activated the Imaginotron app, line up the corner guides on the screen with the corners of the pages of your book. Perfect. <laughs> it seems like alchemy, but trust us, it's only proprietary Moonbot technology. No witchcraft here. Now, keep a sharp eye out for the Picto Helpers. They appear in the bottom right corner from time to time. Picto Helpers always point out nifty new things you can do. For example, when it says, look around, do just that. <laughs> no, move your iPad up and around. Much better! If the Imaginotron starts to act a little strange, try moving your iPad away from the book and then back again. And if you want to experience the same page over again, go ahead and hit the reset button in the bottom left corner. In the upper left corner, you'll find the narration button. If pushed, it will instantly turn off the narration. Now you're ready to bring the pages to life. Get swept up in a storm. Transport to another world. Play music. Fly. It's a wonder of the ages. Moonbots Imaginotron. Purchase Moonbot books wherever books are sold. Remember, there's an Imaginotron app for every Moonbot book. The Moonbot interactive experts are standing by. Now available on the App Store and iTunes. So there you go. It's you point the the tablet at the book. Thank you. 
Okay. So you point the app, I mean the tablet at the book, and it will recognize it, and then you'll see the book come to life and beg you to open it. And you can even pick it up and shake it a little bit, and it'll be like, hey. <laughs> then on every page, we have some alchemy. More is less, more love words, love stories, loved books. His life was a book of his own writing, one orderly page after another. He would open it every morning and write of his joys and sorrows, of all that he knew and everything that he hoped for. So it actually gets three-dimensional when you look at it on your, on your pad. You see into and around the corners of the, um, the illustration, and then the animation begins. Everything Morris knew was scattered, even the words of his book. So, I mean, it's, it's making what's on the page come up and become, you know, a thing you can see. Thank you. This one's pretty nutty. This is the storm that he goes through. But every story has its upsets. One day the sky darkened, <laughs> the winds blew and blew. Okay. So, I mean, you know, the book surrounds you now, which, I don't know, it's still amazing to me that we can do this. And you can follow that little guy, like if you go, you can go around in a circle and try to follow, or the fat lady. <laughs> Share the library. This is a sweet little one. Yeah. So it just expands the experience a little bit. I mean, one of the things we thought would be so cool is that we could just make the books fly around your room. This is one of my favorite ones. It's the interior library, and we did a 360 shot of the set, the miniature set, and so. So you hear all the books in the library saying their lines to you. But though you're in wherever you are, as you look on your pad, you're in the library. But we had a great time picking up snippets of our favorite books to have whispered to you in that shot. Yeah, this is one of the musical parts. If you touch the books um, on the app, then they play a note from Pop Goes the Weasel. Um, that's when he's trying to bring the book back to life by reading it. And this is when he gets lost in a book. 
<laughs> Oops, it ran into you. Sorry. Yeah, look out. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that's the Imagitron. So we just keep, you know, it's like we feel like we woke up in Venice, in or like not not Venice. Um, what was that other city? It feels like the Renaissance, and we woke Florence. up Florence. Yes, it's 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 the it's the Middle Ages, and we woke up in Florence during the Renaissance. I mean, every day these new tools give us amazing new stuff that we can tell stories with, and it just keeps changing and going so fast, and we. We're going to be doing books and more interactive stuff. We're going to do uh, an avant-garde um, uh, puppet show based on one of our stories that we'll be doing apps for as we're going along with it so that people can get kind of the backstory of the different characters. This is, and then we're going to do our first feature. And this is a, a shot from it, a test shot that we made with our iPhones. And, you know, it's even even the recording of the his little feet going through the, through the, uh, through the, um, the grass of this little character you're going to see. Imagine you, we did it with our iPhones. It's like so one of the guys with his toe, you know, put his toe along in the grass and we recorded that. And so it's like we're making things for so much less using this technology that anybody can get. And it hopefully is going to make us sort of be able to do more stuff and be free and independent and I don't know. But so imagine you're at the park and you've fallen asleep and you just woke up, you just opened your eyes, and you see this little guy run past you. So there you go. <laughs> that's the first shot from our first feature. <laughs> so that's, that's what we do. That's our story. We start out with almost nothing. We still have almost nothing, but, but people seem to like the things that we're coming up with. So thank you so much for coming. Thank you. And, you know. So actually, we can sign your apps. I mean, did you oh, guys? Oh yeah, we need to talk about that. Yeah, we've we've invented a thing where you can you can sign an app now with your on your tablet. So so if you've gotten the most recent update for any of our apps, there's a secret hidden way that only William and I know to unlock a component of the app to be able to do a signature on it. Now it's completely you know, egotistical and silly and experimental, but you know, if you're interested, we would love to play around and see if this actually works for you. And uh, we have our own little stylists in our pockets, instead of Sharpies. So, so uh, yeah, so check it out, it's fun. And, and you know, today is the first ever app signing. So we're, we're really excited about it, yeah, yeah. Yes. So again, thank you so much. And uh, feel free to come up here and play around with the apps, look at the books. And uh, any questions? Yeah. We have a microphone. Raise your hand. If you have a question, I'll come to you. Any questions? Right here. Hi. Um, so can you talk a little bit about the next app that you're working on? Or is it super secret? <laughs> what is the next app? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> We have a couple of ideas, and one of which oh, goes yeah. along with this theatrical production that we want to create for the story, The Lost. Um, imagine taking the same sort of technology of augmented reality and being able to use it during intermission. Imagine, let's say, halfway through this story, um, which takes place in an abandoned amusement park, you are actually, you come out 
well, it's so hard to explain, but you're in an abandoned amusement park at one point during this production. And you look around yourself and you see things like coffee cans, baseball gloves, all these abandoned objects. And if you were prompted, which you will be, because we're going to do a Kickstarter for this project, and we're going to talk about all these cool things that can happen, but you'll be prompted to have downloaded this app before you go to the show. And then if you have it running during intermission, you'll be able to walk from one object to another, aim the camera at it, and it'll come to life, and it'll give you more background um, setting up the next act. So we're really excited about playing around with that and establishing our villain in the character with a game. And then we're doing a ghost story app book thing that we hope will, it, it's going to be like a book in a way, but with all these photo illustrations of ghosts that we've been making that look very realistic. And while you're reading this page, we'll be able to time it so that without you noticing at first that the, the illustrations of the ghosts will then begin to look at you and and they'll you'll be able to do this thing so it looks as though they're standing over your shoulder while you're reading the book. So we just like to do, we're trying to make the most terrifying reading experience that you <laughs> can come up with. And we found all sorts of cool new tricks to try to do that. And then we have, we have three more books coming out this fall. I forgot to mention that three more of the Guardian series, the, the Man in the Moon, and the next will be The Sandman and The Tooth Fairy. And we already have one out about Santa Claus and one about, out about the Easter Bunny. Who, uh, anyway, so we got, we're thinking of these things all in broad terms. There's not just one way we're going to tell our stories. There'll be books and apps and movies and plays and anything else that happens to come along uh, down the pike. So, all right. Thanks again. We enjoyed it.